Tonight on Sidetracked with Armstead and Posh, we go through two different levels of career arc. We talk to Joe Rose and Jason Elston from the Tri-State Limited Pro Farm Pullers for guys on their way up. And we talk to a motorsports legend, Ken Vinny. Radio Plaza at Life Media Studios, sidetracked with Armstead and Poosh. Brought to you by the Second Baptist Bar and Grill, your exorcism specialist. And we're back again. What in the world? Do you think they would have canceled us by now? Well, when you're driving the bus, the only one that can cancel us is ourselves, and we're not going to do that. That's right. Good good idea. Hey, wait. Who who's that on the other microphone? What other microphone? That guy sitting across from you. Oh, him? Um Who is that guy? I'm I'm not sure. He's supposed to be here? I don't know. He kind of shit comes and goes as he pleases anymore, you know, gallivanting across the United States and I'll decide. <laughs> lame excuses and Welcome back, buddy. Thank you. Glad to glad to be back. He's better than that part-time guy we've got hanging around. Who, Charles? <laughs> <laughs> Why, our part-time guy seemed to do a pretty good job. Except for that drop guy. You know, he's yeah. a little goofy. He's yeah. more worried about being a pig farmer this year, so. Not this week. There were seemed to be some serious action. Well, he had Chevnock and Higgs doing the work. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> the shop so was true. busy, but I think he was uh, <laughs> doing a little bit of the uh, field general stuff. Well, as always, my name's Armstead. My name is... Who am I? Cross. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not Charles Kane this week. I haven't heard that one in a few months. Ah, oh, well, uh, that'll come in time. And as always, we got Mr. Nick Myers sitting behind the soundboard trying to make us idiots sound as decent as he can. Yeah, it's a challenge, but somebody's got to do it. Uh, couldn't ask for a better person behind the board and keeping us idiots in line, so... Ladies and gentlemen, I give you your moron. Yep. Wow, we got a first for us this week. First Wait. time we've had two guests on. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. Of two different subjects. Two different subjects, yeah. That's true. So, that's going to be interesting. we got a lot coming on, but not much going on in the news. No, I mean, the news is happening all around you anywhere you look. Um, it's polling season. Every time it just I derive way too much pleasure from that. <laughs> it really is a little disturbing just how much you seem to enjoy that. I don't know why. I don't know what it is, but the catchy little jingle gets me every time. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes. You know, it's worse things. Small minded people are amused by little things, so But news, what do we got? What do we got? Uh I had a slow week this week at Fowlerville on Friday. Uh, Saturday was supposed to go to a sprint car race to see Mr. Tom Hartzell, but unfortunately the rainout date got rained out. 
Mother Nature. Well, don't get me started on Mother Nature's machinations. Oh, we'll get to that in a moment. No, I don't want to talk no, about it. No, we are going to get to that I've in got a issues. moment. I've got issues about it. You've got issues I might anyways. get violent. You know, that's fine. Whatever you got to do to make yourself happy. So then 9.30, uh, Sunday night, I get a text, and now all of a sudden I've got to do a solo show in St. John's on Monday night. Because somebody says they were stormed out and... He couldn't get home till late. You know what it was. He wanted that extra six hours down there with hers. He's just not telling the full story. I wish that was true, but it wasn't. Well, you know, he was busy busy ziplining or whatever they're calling it now. You know you could... (laughs) (laughs) You know you could have drove home in the time you waited for an airplane. Probably right. Probably right. Unbelievable. And for the record, the floor of Atlanta's airport sucks to sleep on. I'm just saying. Not enough padding underneath, right? No, and it's concrete. And it's cold. Well, cold doesn't bug me. I like that, you know, but. Yeah, it sucked. I slept better on the plane than I did in the airport. And I hate flying, so that says something. I was tired. Yeah, this is a lame excuse. But uh, great pull down in Fowlerville. uh, Good time, as always. Track is a little wet. They did their best to get around, but uh, great job done by uh, Mark Krebs. Uh, you help orchestrating that poll and being the trophy sponsor down there. Had a really good turnout. Um, then St. John's for Michigan Truck and Tractor Pullers on uh, Monday, and you know what? Them guys were up against it. They were. They had a tough battle to fight just to get iron there. Um, NTPA was in Mason literally. 30 minutes down the road. Yeah, just the other side of Lansing. Yeah, yeah. I was on the north side by 20 minutes. They were just south of Lansing by 10 minutes. Yeah. So, but no, good turnout there as always. Thanks to Tom Eisenhart and the gang out there. Uh, Jared Glover. Uh, Got to give a special thanks to Ron Brinkman. He bought me a chicken dinner. There and it go. was amazing. <laughs> Not... It, it wasn't a fried chicken dinner like the St. Mary's booth at Armada, but... Oh, that's coming. Two weeks. I can't wait. And my whole thing is not that I'm excited for the poll. No, I can't wait for the St. Mary's booth. Yeah. <laughs> Just about the food. That's all. The food and the beer tent. The heck with the poll. Right? I don't know. Is Meyer going to be at Armada? Yeah, most likely. Holy cow. Two pulls on the season for Meyer. Hey, I- I'm up to three. <laughs> the 20 minutes at... Snover doesn't count. Does two. <laughs> and then I was there for the entire poll for the two and goodles. Oh, see, we count that as one event. At least that's how I count it. I don't count the separate days. I count it as one event. So, all right, we'll let you have three. All right. Three and a half. How's that? Oh, and we get rumors that we might be doing, we might be going, he'll be at a poll next week, Wednesday. Housekeeping matter, there will be no sidetrack with Armstead and Post next week because we are at the Wayne County Fair. Oh, that's right. And mm-hmm. we're talking about trying to do that live for all of you because we are going pulling in Detroit. Yep. That's that's the home county for Detroit. We can't get any closer and, and put iron on the track. We don't want to get any closer and make it out with tires still on the vehicles. Well, I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> I can. I'm but, not afraid. You know, I, I kind of almost want to see somebody steal the tires and rims off of a pulling tractor and try to put them on their car. Oh, there you know there's some boy down there with a 1986 Caprice who's going, oh, look at that. <laughs> that that's, what I, that's what I'm thinking. That would be an interesting looking, you know. Oh, God, it would. Oh, God. Yeah, I forgot we got Wayne County already next week. Yeah. I thought we had a slow week, but uh, we get to go spectate this weekend. 
We do. Oh, yes, Detroit style. Very nice. <laughs> We're going to get a Neoc, I think is how they pronounce it. I don't know. I don't get that. There's that guy who's got that show on Tuesday nights. Um, he claims he runs Really underrated show, I mean. Adam does a great job, though. <laughs> yeah, but, we're gonna go. We're gonna go bug those guys. Yep, we're gonna go bug Adam and Ray uh, out in uh, New York. We're gonna be in Little Valley on Saturday, Sunday in Langford. So that'll be a good time. I've heard a lot about the jamboree in Langford and uh, the happenings going on there. So kind of excited to get over there and see what in the world's actually going on in uh, Western New York. Yeah, Langford's been a bucket list pull for me for a long time. So that'll be good. Yeah, I know a lot of guys coming from Michigan going to be headed over there. Uh, unfortunately, going to be short some iron on the light limited tour. Um, Rydell's not able, able to make it across. they got a family wedding. Oh, okay. And uh, Bechtel's are on the top of their points. And I tried convincing them. I go, listen, go to Langford. They go, well, we got a points pull that day. I go, yes, nobody else is going to be there. <laughs> yeah. Rydell's already parked. Wayne Stein will be in New York. What are you, you're not missing anything. Come, yeah. come play for some big bucks. That's what I said. So I might have to call Trevor up and uh, start rubbing on him pretty hard to convince him to get over there. What, what, are, you gonna, great... what are you going to do to him? Don't you worry. Wow. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still sober. That's the biggest problem right mm. now. We'll fix that. What so, in the hell are you talking about? Well, you might as well just constantly have that on repeat through the entire goddamn show. <laughs> At least until you're drunk, then it makes a little more sense. So, how was your weekend of polling? It was great. Oh, wait, you skipped out. It was great. Yeah, there's a lot of polling in uh, Savannah, Georgia area. No, we were, we were further south than oh, that. Oh, you were south this time. Okay. Yeah, we're in St. Mary's. Hey, there, that, oh. name, that name came up again. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there was plenty of polling going on. I'm not going to elaborate. <laughs> I hope her mother and father do not listen to the show. Keep it clean, please. <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> well, since we've covered all that we can cover on Charles's trip to the South, we'll move on to our next segment. <laughs> I remember there was armadillos and feral horses in the ruins of some Carnegie mansion. Is, is that enough of a travel log for Carnegie? You? I like Carnegie. Yeah, they're... Um, Tom Carnegie built a huge mansion on Cumberland Island, and then the place burned down in the late 60s, and just the, the masonry ruins is all that's left, and they've turned it into a national park, and there's feral horses running around. It's actually a really, really beautiful place. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's cool. Cool. Yeah, you don't care? Nope, really don't. Okay, good. Because you missed polls. I mean, come on. I wouldn't say I missed them. Yeah, you missed them. We've only got three months of this shit, and you're taking a lot of time off, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> Priorities. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to get at right now. <laughs> Stop whining. <laughs> <laughs> I love Arnold. <laughs> so, uh, next segment uh, would be actually be the obituaries. Nothing I know of. Nothing I heard. Um, but I am going to throw a prayer request out there for uh, Tim Puderbaugh, um, part yes. of the TTPA family. We understand he was in a pretty serious accident either this morning or last night, and things are a little bit touch and go. So um, thoughts and prayers go out to the Puderbaugh family. It's been a, been a rough year, and uh, so we, we hope for the best. Absolutely saw that one come across the board today, and definitely, uh, definitely hits close to home. So next segment... Birthdays. Birthdays. 
Birthdays. You going to say birthdays, Nick, or are you just going to be on your own? I, I was going to be different. Well, that's beside the point. You can't say, well, you could say day of emergence. <laughs> it's going to be one of them shows. Sometimes we are born, we're spawned. <laughs> or in Nick's case, hatched. <laughs> so let's see here. First one I have is on Friday. Yeah, same. Why don't you read it off since... Pretty big uh, name in the sport, Mr. Josh Blackburn has his birthday. Happy birthday to you. Yep, another one, uh, uh, Ree Pruse. We know she listens with her oh, husband yeah. every week, so... Uh, I don't have her, but yeah. Yeah, happy birthday to her. 25th, if I remember right, so... Is that? All right, okay. Yep, yep, so happy birthday to her. Next one I have is on Sunday... Um, I got a Saturday one, uh, Doug Loofborough, who pulls, I think it's a hot farm out in Wisconsin. The hot Fueling farm. Around. Hot, I mean, a hot farm. The Fueling Around tractor has his birthday on Saturday. Happy birthday to Doug. Sunday, Mr. John Faust. Uh, yeah. Head, uh, one of the head tech officials for uh, or for many years, and I do believe was still a board member for uh, the NATPA. So. Yeah, I think he's, yeah, he's on the board, and I think Lynn's a treasurer. Yeah, well, and Lynn does a lot lot out there and so no great people pull uh ford uh what is it a 960 or an 860 i think they're both 960s so happy birthday to him um let's see oh wow i go always here also on sunday we've got uh part-time ttpa 10 farm puller ron wolak is 26 no way ron's only 26 yeah the kid is well so it says i don't know Ron looks like he's older than me. What are you drinking? I need some. Right? <laughs> also on... Stan's son, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, Stan, I think, is older. Yeah, Stan is. Or not Stan, but Ron's older than that. I could be wrong. Wouldn't be a first. Yeah. No shit. 26. Huh. Anyway. I thought he was older. Also, uh, the uh, another one on Sunday, uh, the Southern Express diesel superstock Tyler Kane has his birthday on Sunday down there in the Carolinas. Happy birthday to him. Next one I have is on Tuesday. You got anybody for Monday? Uh, son of uh, Steve Francis, the deer processor super farm, Stan Francis is 27 on Monday. There you go. Happy birthday to Stan. Nothing else on? That's it for Monday. You got this bozo on here that I have on? For Tuesday? Yeah. PRN zone? Yeah. Yeah. Just Jesse Dawson, uh, the Kentucky Pulling Report. Doesn't list an age. Interesting. We're going to have to do some digging on that He's one. 12. 12? Okay. Uh, next one I have is on Wednesday. You got anybody else for Tuesday? Nope. That's it. Wednesday also a PRN satellite partner. Jamie Darbro. Yes. That's why I was trying. 27? Yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, oh, why can't I think of the name of his program? Or Truck his and page? tractor pulling from a fan's point of view. Yes, yeah. yes, thank you. I know we even mentioned it on the show, but uh, next one I have is Wednesday. First one I have, Steve Gertzenberger, puller with uh, Mid-Michigan Mini Pullers. Uh, he is turning 51. Then we got this guy. You know what? I think we can give a preemptive one. Okay. Uh, no, we'll make him wait a week. Let's wait a week. Yeah, that guy. 
that guy. He knows. He knows. So that's it for birthdays, and we are right up against the wire. So we got our first guest coming on. Who do we got on first tonight? Um, actually, chronologically, oh, it will be. Yes. Wait, we're going to put them on in a different order, though. Yeah. So just. People listen. assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect, but actually, from a non linear, non subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. You know, I love that line. That is one of my favorites, but I doubt anybody who listens to the show probably watches Doctor Who. <laughs> probably not. You know, it's and they're fun, missing it's, out. It's god, funny even if you out. don't watch the show. Oh, God. It's a great show. You guys need to watch it. But, yeah, we are going to have... We'll have Joe Rose and Jason Elston from the Tri-State Limited oh, Pro Farm Pullers. Yeah, both of them. Uh, Joe kind of is the, the promoter, and, and Jason's the tech guy. So they'll be explaining to us what their program is down on the corners there, uh, northwestern Ohio, northeast Indiana, southern Michigan. For lack of a better term, the Mickendo region. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're, and th- we'll get into what they're doing down there. And then also tonight... Yeah, you true, might as well say it. True motorsports legend, Mr. Ken Vinny. I... Don't ask us how, don't ask us why, but those of you who normally expect a check for listening to the show... We ain't paying you this week. You're SOL. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, we're going to take a break. We'll be back at you with more pulling action in a moment. Make sure you listen to our sponsors. This is Sidetracked on Pulling Radio Network. Life Media Tech is your one-stop shop for multimedia, photography, videography, live event productions, and web systems and infrastructure design and maintenance. Life Media can handle it all. Drew and I trust Life Media to use years of experience to bring sidetrack to you each and every week. Isn't it time that you did the same? Serving Metro Detroit and the Blue Water area, contact Life Media directly at 810-689-4151. That's Life Media, 810-689-4151. You're back in the bullshit-free zone here on the Sidetrack with Armstead and Posho on the Pulling Radio Network. I am joined now by Joe Rose and Jason Elston from the Tri-State Limited Hot Farm Association down on the uh, corners of southern Michigan, northwest Ohio, and northeast Indiana. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Good. How about yourself? Doing great. Good. Well, one second here. Oh, all important. Yeah, doing much better now. What in the hell are you talking about? Crack, crack some beers, boys, and join us. That's what I was going to say. You do have alcohol with you guys, right? You're supposed to, ain't you? Ain't that every conversation? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like somebody's listened to our show before. <laughs> <laughs> normally, normally I listen to your show <laughs> at work. And are all cracking beers, and here I am at work. You know. <laughs> Sorry about your luck. <laughs> this is work for me. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Yeah, uh, I don't know, right? <laughs> so we're talking hot farm tractors. Excuse me. Hot farm tractors. Got me a hot farm. I didn't know they existed outside of Missouri. Missouri. <laughs> you guys have been to Gordyville, right? Yes. So you understand everybody from Missouri has got a hot farm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Standard issue with the pulling pulling vest. I think it's standard issue with the driver's license down there. You absolutely have to have uh, a hot farm to be living in the state. Something like that. <laughs> they, uh, one of the guys at our pool at Paulding decided that he didn't know how to spell hot farm. Or the ladies did not spell hot farm, and they thought they would spell it H O 
as H O T T P H A R M. Oh God! <laughs> oh man! That's going, on the, that's going on somebody's side panel before before this is all done. You know, I'd expect that up here where we're just north of Detroit. But what's next? Are you going to be you know presented by the chive dot com? Yeah. <laughs> Between pull off and the chive, maybe we can get some good sponsorship going on for this class. Yeah, hey, that's an interesting thing. You and I were talking last night. Tell that story. You've got the pulloff.com tractor. Well, I, I think uh, between me and Jason, we pretty much built our tractors the first year almost 100% off of parts off of pulloff.com. Uh, we, we almost, it almost became a game to see, you know, what what parts we could get, what good parts we could get off of pulloff. And, and it's unbelievable when you get to talking to some of the pullers on pull-off what what parts they have laying around and you'd say well i need this and this and this and then pretty soon you you know you're writing a check or you're driving to the middle of illinois to pick up parts and <laughs> it uh it got the point that i was trying to look on it every 15 minutes so i could make sure i got the parts i needed before he could find his <laughs> <laughs> uh, we was getting down to within 15 minutes pretty easy yeah <laughs> the good nice. thing about it was after he had one, I always made sure I called him and told him there was one just listed two minutes ago, too. So, I mean, I was still being decent about it. <laughs> after he bought it and told me to call him, too. <laughs> so, what's your guys' program going on down uh, down there in the three corners, so to speak? Uh, what's your class rules, anyways? I mean, Hot Farm varies from area to area. I know over in Canada... We got a 410 cube limit, 2.8 inlet, 3.75 outlet turbocharger, a pump maximum on uh, cut 18 fours. What are you guys running down there? Basically, we're running a, a 478 cubic inch limit. To, basically, we went to 478 for to accommodate the Ford, the Ford tractors. Uh, we're talking 466, but. Uh, when we got to thinking about some blue tractors and trying to get some color, we went with the 478. Uh, we run 8,700 pounds and 9,500 pounds. If we got enough tractors, we run both ways. Uh, air to, we run air-to-water intercoolers uh, or water injection. You, you can go either way. Um, we run a 366 4L, or a 466-3LM box turbocharger uh, straight out of the uh, straight out of the box, bone stock, 466 charger. Um, kind of to try to keep our keep within, you know, keep our power down uh, to where you don't have to build, you know, maybe you don't have to have the big clutch, you don't have to have all the the solid shafts and you know, 4010s and 4020 John Deere's and stuff don't have to do quite as much transmission work at that point and uh, run 3250 RPM limit. Um, and basically after that, it's pretty much 18, 438, uh, open speed limit. Uh, we run top cut tires, uh, top cut 18, 438. And, uh, other than that, it's pretty much the, we run, uh, like a Machindo style, uh, chassis. So, uh, the hope for our class was to give a bridge between that, uh, you know, the speed limit mile per hour, the mile per hour farm stock in the, like Michindo or Dark County hot farm or pro farm classes. Uh, you can build your chassis, and uh, once you get the chassis built, you know, you can move on to the, the motor and transmission. 
Well, do you guys like have? That. I think. I, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't we talk about? I, I think we talked about this. You guys have a claimer rule on your chargers too. No, we haven't run a claimer rule. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Uh, we talked to. Uh, brings up another interesting thing. We a guy from out in Iowa uh, called us all of us a couple weeks ago. We got to talking to him. They run with the Nebraska Bush Pullers, and they run a class almost identical to this out there uh, on the Nebraska uh, Iowa line. Uh, and they do. I think they do run a claimer rule out there. Yeah, they did. Our, yeah. our chargers are basically sealed. Um, basically, when they come through us, we can seal them. And then all we got to do is just check the seal to, you know, make sure they didn't take it apart. And then it's kind of a zero tech problem. And at that point also, hopefully. So for sure. So you guys limiting who they can buy that turbocharger from? Like, hey, listen, this is the guy you uh, got to so get really that 3 from. from. We, we don't really limit them. But what we do is we have a, a company sponsoring our chargers for us. So they can save about 75 bucks if they do go through us. So we kind of give a little bit of incentive to go through us at that point. That's a nice setup there. Just kind of cuts down on having to have the claimer rule, but uh, and, we, and save some money. We put it in here where there's a $600 claimer on, on three LMs with our 10 farm. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I, you guys aren't far off the mark. I think you're doing the right thing. The other thing is, you know, if somebody has a 3LM, there's a lot of guys around here run mile-per-hour farm stock with 3LMs on. And, uh, you know, we've just we've just decided that if they got a 3LM already and, they, you know, we can we can inspect it and run it. That's kind of why we, we had talked about going, you know, you had to buy your turbo through the class and then it had to be. But uh, there's just so many people out there that we've talked to that already have a 3LM on the shelf or, you know, so to try to save guys money or not make them buy another turbocharger, you know, we can uh, we inspect, you know, we can just inspect and seal their turbocharger, and, uh, make sure it's the same part number. We, you know, we run the same part number chargers. Uh, and uh, no, it works. It's 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 a it's a common part. It's something that's out there really very easily attainable. Something that you can get get into um, at a good price point. Yes, and we've spent. I mean, we spent hours and hours and hours, you know, talking on the phone and back and forth at pulls on, you know, maybe going, you know, what other charger could you run? You know, we, so you start looking at the S300 series charger, you know, like a 360 or a 366. And it's just so much harder to tech that turbocharger than it is to tech a 3LM 466 box charger. You know, there's, you know, there's three S300 parts and S400 parts, and you know, you can get them parts just anywhere, like you know the corner store. So uh, gets messy quick. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of one thing that we've talked to. I've talked to a couple of guys that's just getting built for this class, and and I've and I've mentioned to them that you know, and Joe's done the same thing. If you want to run, you know, if you want to go half on one, you know, you can run my charger, you know, my old charger that's got a year on it. And I'll buy a new one, you know, for for another year. And that's kind of one of the things that we are very very willing to work with anybody that's willing to come in and pull with us right now to try and get this thing started and get it built up to its, you know, to its potential, we feel. Yeah. The, the class started out maybe four or five years ago with a, with a gentleman we pull with. His name's Eddie Dice, and he ran all over the place, you know, pulling. He had the 4010, and uh, he, he ran all over the place pulling by himself for a long time trying to get people interested in a, you know, a non-speed-limited 
class a hot farm because in our area uh, tractors are just not real plentiful as far as a hot farm class you know as you get into illinois and iowa and missouri and all you know they're all over the place but in, in this area it's everybody everybody has trucks it's trucks 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 which i pulled trucks for a long time and you know we all know how the two six class went and uh, <laughs> i went to uh looking for a different you know an alternative you know means of running down the track as fast as i could without blowing my budget and you know this is this kind of stuck out to me i guess as far as you know it's it's not Michindo, it's not dark county uh you know them them are great classes but man you know the the dollars it takes to maintain a tractor to run those classes is just you know it's through the roof too i mean it's not not something the average 40 hour week guy could do you know well, question, I mean, you're going no speed limit, I know, up here. It, our first word that comes out of everybody's mouth is insurance purposes. What type of safety equipment these guys got to look at? I mean, you're looking at, you got to have a cage, or you going two post drops. Uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of means of getting it done, but what are you guys utilizing as far as meeting that ever-present insurance worries? Our Our safety rules... As far as your rollover protection, is either got to be a ROPS or a cage. Um, and what uh, we both run cages, and, and we push people towards a cage because the price of a factory ROPS is astronomical. So we push a cage, but we give that option open to a guy. If they do want to build a farm tractor that has one, they can get started. Um, we do have to have tie bars, um, SSI, SFI flywheels, um, blankets, um, side shields, um, I mean, basically all your safety rules, uh, electric cutoffs and, and air cutoffs on the, on the skill systems. Three-way dump valve ahead of the thing if you're running mechanical. I mean, it's, it's, we basically went with the safety, more, more than less the safety of our bigger classes, you know, or an open RPM class or anything. You know, more, more is better, I think, when you're talking to your insurance man. And uh, with with some of the accidents and stuff that's happened, I think our insurance guys are probably going to get a little stricter on us. So we've had we've had guys pull with us in the past, and we really we really like guys to come and pull, but we got to be a lot more picky about as far as the rollover protection for sure, and the in the seat belts, and uh, you know you got to be you need to be tied in, and you need something over your head because uh, man, things can happen in a heartbeat, and, you know even. Even at our 20 mile an hour, our 22 that we're running, uh, it just happens so fast that that it, we we about can't let somebody run if they don't have rollover protection anymore. Yeah. Oh, absolutely! I mean, we're um, I'm going to call people out again today when I'm notorious for doing this, anyways. And I'm not probably not going to rant today, but this will be as close as I get to a rant. Is there's discussion involving the 2.5 diesel class over the winter? And guys going, well, why do I need a fire suit? Why do I need this? Why do I need that? I'm inside a truck. Well, you know what? It's the same reason. How many times you see a tractor roll over on its side? Not very often. But you know what? It does happen. How many times you see a tractor grenade a clutch or a flywheel and split the tractor in half? In there. Not very often. It's more yeah. exceptional than the rule. But that's why we require tie bars. You know, it... There's no cost really when you start looking down to it. How it costs you what? Maybe 150 bucks to make a pair of tie bars. Roll cage, you might have what three, four hundred dollars into it. You can buy a set prefab for three fifty. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's out there. Uh, well, actually, you know, one of the guys maybe who was ask, asking the question to tie off, you know, tee off for a second on on the two five thing was was Fink. Yeah, and he went for one hell of a ride this week, and now he understands why he should have yeah, whiplash collars. Yeah, he didn't understand so. why the why they need the collar. He goes, "I'll never pull again without it." It's like, yeah, you know, I mean, Charles and I have talked. If we ever get to the point where we can afford a bigger tractor, you know what? We're looking at looking at a Hans device. I, I will wear Hans when we get to that point. If I'm in a roll cage tractor, I'm not settling for a whiplash collar. I'm going Hans device, and that's my choice for me. Yep. You know, I can't remember the Superstock. It was a Superstock Open guy, I think, at Bowling Green last year. We we go to Bowling Green every year, and he come down through there, and he had one heck of a wild ride. And and I, I you know, I can't say for sure that he was out, but I, he was slumped over in his seat, and his hand just kind of laid on the throttle. And you could just see him kind of come to at the end of the track. But, you know, he just bounced around in that cage so much that even in a helmet, you know, it's kind of, you could just tell it knocked him senseless for a little while. He was going, he got it straightened out before he did, but, you know, it's just more luck than sense, I think. Well, what was it, last year when they went to Langford for the polls we're going to this weekend uh, for the Light Limited Superstock Tour? First puller out of the gate, got bounced around the cage, got knocked out, and, yeah, he's got a dead man throttle, but when you're gunning for it and you get knocked out that doesn't mean your hands can release and they had to pull the kill on it they did and and good for you guys for being conscientious of that because of the horsepower that you're feeding through such a small footprint being on the 18 438s things things can get squirrely quick yes i mean that's what our average run from the time the from the time you start building boost and letting down the clutch till they flag you at the end is about seven seconds and that's covering 300 foot which you know, to somebody who's not in the full world, don't don't think much of it. But in seven seconds, if you're out for three of those, you're in for a lot of trouble. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of and that's anybody wants to talk safety equipment on a truck, tell them feel free to give me a phone call. I'll talk safety on a truck anytime. We had a two wheel drive that come apart on us, and it was uh, it was a real learning experience. It woke me up in a hurry. I can tell you that much. So if they don't think if they think they're safe in a truck, tell them. Tell him, give me a call. I'll send him pictures. <laughs> he, had a, he had a flywheel about cut a truck in half. Yeah. Wheel drive, wheel drive truck. On a steel flywheel. On a steel flywheel. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't grenade. It actually shattered and broke when the clutch balled up inside of it. But, so, yeah, like I said, I mean, you can think you got all the safety equipment, but like I said, that extra piece, you know, that you think, well, we'll never use that. We've got an SFI flywheel. What, what we worried about, it don't always work that way. So, but absolutely i'm great that's why i wanted to go there is you know i i see some clubs you know i'm not going to name names on this just where they're kind of skating by on what they're allowing and the safety requirements they're allow you know requiring and it's like you know guys come on we're it, it's not less manly to have a fire suit on or to have a helmet or have a cage or have a blanket on no you only get one shot at this go around and very quickly you can be out of the sport of pulling whether you like it or not that's right and we've been to some pools here that's run a lot hotter stuff than we run and they come on after us and they pull out there with an open open station tractor sitting there smoking a cigarette wearing a wearing a john deere hat you know and i'm thinking wow i mean they're just no tie bars, no nothing on them. And I'm just thinking, no way could I ever possibly climb in that seat again after I did that. So, 
it's scary. It's out there, and I think they, some people need to wake up a little bit. They got to. They better start watching some videos on YouTube. You're 100 percent right, and I actually you you just touched on something that that is also integral to this, and that's the public perception piece. If you come out with roll cages and you're in a fire suit and got a crash helmet on, there's a level of professionalism that that image projects versus what you just identified. That's right. Yep, and that's what we've talked. We talked about that when we first started. That, and one of our things was they can look at our tractors, and that tractor looks like the tractor they'd see at a you know a region two event. You know, besides the shiny wheels and you know some of that stuff, but the tractor portrays a, a pulling vehicle that's a competition vehicle, not just a farm tractor anymore. You know, we get. Shift gears a little bit here, guys. I mean, we're hearing your specs on it. I love the 476 rule on there because yeah, that opens forward up to the newer motors, keeps the Alice Chalmers in the mix with the 426. The IH and the Deers are coming in with the long bulletproof 466 blocks. Cases in there with the 451. Cases in there. Really great mix there. Where are you guys at looking at? Horsepower wise, I know you are limited on your turbo, but you know where you guys look at. You're sitting at, I mean, thirty two fifties on RPM. We hear thrown around very often, but uh, yeah, I'm really curious to hear where you guys are at. When I talked to Nate down in uh, Nebraska, the guys running down there, they had actually been on the dyno with some of their tractors with no water, no intercooler. He said they're running around six hundred horse. Now none of us, uh, none of us has been on the dyno yet, but uh, I mean, I'm, I would say. I run, I run, uh, I'm running like a seven and five eight gear now. I don't know what that equates to in teeth. I'm still learning my transmission stuff, but so am I. I don't eight, worry. <laughs> I can run, I can run, I can run eight gear something. I can, you know, I can walk it out in eight gears, you know, on, on certain tracks, depending on the sled set or, you know, it. it so I mean, we got to be in that 600, 650 range. I mean, that's kind of what we've always thought. Hopefully this winter, you know, I got stuff together. I've changed my tractor so many times since I got it that I ain't had time to go to the dyno with it. Uh, but I would really, I mean, we've been talking about it just for the curiosity's sake, like you guys are to know, <laughs> you know what what are we pushing out of a stock charger for this this motor? I mean, because of I mean a three LM four sixty six charger stock for all of our motors, you know. So well, and, you and know, we you can of, have uh... we get a lot of people that won't pull with us because they're like, we only run the three LM. It's like we're running the three LM, but you know, come pull with us. You know, uh, we've had people come pull with bigger chargers, and they really don't they they can't consistent uh, consistently beat us. You know, it's not like a, it's not like they just blow us out of the water. You know, um, I I do go pull sometimes with Mishindo. Uh, course they run a three by three and a half i'm way behind but you know sometimes i can get within 30 feet of some of those guys you know and with a little bitty charger you know that's something the guys over in uh, southwestern ontario where i go announced regularly they've got their hot farm class they are allowed like i told you in the beginning of the program a series pump 410 cubic inch maximum um uh, they are at a three thirty one hundred rpm limit but they're allowing a 2.8 by 3.75 turbocharger, which they don't have the RPMs to run it. They don't have the cubic inches to spin that charger. And a lot of guys are going back to the 3LM and finding, yeah. hey, we can build more horsepower. 
and keep it alive at the end. That's another one, you know. These guys are banging the dual powers and shifting, you know, shifting up, shifting down at 16-plus miles an hour, 20 miles an hour, and I'm going, oh, my this God. Turbochargers just, it's unbelievable what it'll do, you know. I, when when I started into this, I figured I would make three hooks and that charger would have been out the stack, but uh, it's... <laughs> It has really held in, and some nights it's absolutely been screaming. But uh, I, I mean, no, for no more money than it costs to do it, and no more money than it costs. You know, you get into you get into the next class up if you want to go to you know pull a Machindo class or Dark County or you know, and I, maybe I shouldn't be throwing their names around. I don't mean nothing by it. No, I, you're I hope fine. To, I, hope to promote, I hope to promote. I hope to promote for them. You know, that's what we're kind of trying to do is make a jump you know, to their class eventually. And eventually I hope to be able to pull with them myself, you know, not, not in the next few years, but, uh, you know, you go to that next charger step and you, you're no longer running a $500 charger. You're running a, you know, $4,500 charger or five or, you know, sky's the limit on what you want to spend on a turbocharger and air. Yeah. At that point you're talking to hearts and precision going, how much is my wallet going to hate me in the morning? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then it's it's not the cost so much of, of of going to it. I mean, we could probably all build it the first time, but then you got to maintain that tractor. You know, the we all know what the maintenance costs are on a pulling vehicle, and the harder you push them, the more money you got to spend every week to keep it alive. So if you're going out there and you're blowing a, a five thousand dollar charger, and you got to replace it, you know, even if you got to do that once a year, you're <laughs> man. You know, with us, if you if you replace your charger, it costs you five hundred dollars. You know, you're, and we just don't see it. We don't see. I've run my charger over. You know, I probably got over sixty or seventy hooks on my charger, and it's still as tight as the day I bought it. I mean, it's probably not as tight as the day I bought it, but it's still running good and strong. Well, there's a lot of things in life like that, but that's beside the point. <laughs> oh God, here we go. <laughs> wow. So let's take. Let's, I'm going to take back over this conversation before My God, it gets out of control. Stop talking. Yeah, let's let's take the puller hat off for a minute and put the promoter hat on for a second. You guys are doing something that I see happen in in the in the southern states, and by southern I mean south of Michigan state line, and some other parts of the country. That's a little bit unique. You're you're approaching this as a a single class. How does that work? How do you get your dates and, and establish a schedule and get booked in with a sled? And do you do you partner with another group? How does that come about, given that you are such a single interest for one class and, and, and promote it? Well, that, that started a lot with Eddie Dyson. Uh, like I said, he run all over, all over our area for three years probably, running by himself trying to get people interested in, in doing something. Now there wasn't, you know, he really didn't have a, a solid set of rules, you know, and he was just, you know, we, he had a model in his head of what he wanted and, and tried to get people interested to try to see where we could go with it. And Jason and I kind of jumped on board with it and uh, we've made some rules, but uh, he's got us into a lot of these polls just because he's such a nice guy, number one, and, and he's been pulling for, you know, probably 60 years, 50, 60 years, and he knows so many people, um, and uh, I, you know, he's probably, say probably one of the biggest things up in this area is like Joe mentioned earlier. We are so heavy on trucks, 
but we are in a very rural area. I mean, we are farm country all over us. So a lot of these truck pulls was just excited to have a tractor that blew black smoke because all yeah. the high school kids, uh, you know, the 40-year-old dads sitting in the stands, they related to an 806 and a 1066 and a 4010. They, they knew that tractor, and it was a tractor. It wasn't a component chassis that, you know, that they seen at the national event. It was a tractor that they actually could remember adjusting the clutch on it. They can remember how to, you know, turn the, turn the fuel up on the old ejection pump a little bit. You know, I mean, so in our area, it was really kind of an easy sell because there was just nothing else in the area that the, these local promoters could bring in for the budget they wanted to spend to do us. Yeah, that's 100% right. I mean, we hear more more times than any. I mean, I'm looking at our schedule, and we got 20 hooks on here, and there's some that we just didn't do again this year. Uh just like Jason said, there's so many people around here that want tractors. They want tractors, but they don't want to hear the horn blown. You know, you can go to a promoter, and it's hard to sell. It's hard to sell a mile per hour class during a truck pull. You know, or a two five class, or a two. You know, no, nobody wants to hear the horn going off, and and uh, so they was looking for an open speed limit tractor class, and and we, I think, I think that we fit that bill pretty well. Now, you know. We can get, you know, we're working on, we got a lot of guys building for this class. We got a lot of guys interested in this class. Uh, I think we got a lot of guys with their eyes on us trying to see where we're going to go. Hopefully, you know, hopefully that, that, that need stays there long enough for us to get enough guys to keep the bill filled. Gotcha. So within that framework, then um, where, where can people find you guys? Is it, is your schedule mainly booked into county fairs as as a as a class on their program, or are you piggybacking with with another group? A lot of times we piggyback on with uh, what used to be uh, Buckeye Truck Pullers or Buckeye Pullers. Uh, they run, uh, I think they run with Maumee Valley Pullers this year now. Yeah, they, it's Maumee now. Up. That was a debacle and a half that we're not going to get into. But yeah, good. Maumee <laughs> picked up uh, the truck and the hot classes. Yeah. And, and, I mean, we also, I mean, we're in a lot of places that, like, the Machendo tractors can be. Yep. They'll be the class after us. We're kind of the introductory or the opening class. We pull Rowan, Indiana, uh, the Covered Bridge Festival down there. The, we're, that's an invite-only pull. They, they've invited us back the last few years, and that's, that's a great pull. I don't know if you guys have ever been to that, but that's like Jason said. That's, they run some IPL stuff. They run some... Uh, Machendo tractors pull that, and we pull. We get lucky enough to pull before them. No, I can't say I've been down there. I mean, I didn't know Machindo, uh even existed till before. Right about when we started getting going with the podcast, I had people talking about the pulls in Camden, Michigan, and asking me about them, and that's how I stumbled upon uh, that club. So, yeah, looking forward. Definitely uh, gonna have to get us your schedule sent to us. Cause well, we're on uh, we're on Facebook, uh, Tri-State Limited Hot Farm. Um, you can also we got we started putting some videos and and stuff on YouTube. Also, you can search it the same way or under our names. Yeah, I was gonna mention that. I was gonna say yeah, let's promote you guys and and get your name out there. How can people find you? And yeah, it is it's Tri-State Limited Hot Farm. Um, it's a group, uh, so just click on it and and ask to join, and somebody will let you in for sure. If there's any questions, I mean, we're all our phone numbers are on there. I've I've put our schedule and uh, rules on there. Uh, but and if there's you know if there's people 
people interested, I guess the biggest thing we want to keep open is, you know, get a hold of us, uh, you know, get a hold of us, come down, run with us a couple times. Uh, you know, we, we've been, we've been fairly flexible with, with people. There's been a lot of interest and some guys say, you know, we don't exactly fit your rules, but we want to, you know, come down you know, a lot of guys will talk it over with them and hey come down and run with us a few times see if you like it if you like the atmosphere you know sometimes sometimes it just takes getting somebody to come pull with you a few times to to really get interested and uh we started we started pulling at ada this year with the hardin county pullers they've they've uh they've let us come down there and pull with their trucks and their some of their classes and they have a very nice facility down there in ada ohio and uh there's a lot of interest i think maybe coming out of that that area you know and like i've told a different i've had a few different people call from you know iowa or illinois kind of question about the pool you know just because you're not in our area you know if you want to run our rules run them you know the more tractors we get everywhere you know maybe the more we can we can have a you know promote a class no absolutely Here. all right i gotta ask who's the goofball in the uh cover photo Who's uh, missing sheet metal? That's me. <laughs> <laughs> At least clothe the thing before you take a picture, damn it. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it, I mean, skeletonized is like a new trend, so maybe you're onto something there. Yeah. Kind of go with the old primer or spiner setup. There you go. Jason's our Mad Max truck. Yeah. Oh, okay. Makes sense. We got that. <laughs> there's, there's an aesthetic at play. We like it. Everybody, everybody always roots for the underdog with no paint, so that's what I'm kind of going for. Yeah, we've even we've even got a, a tractor up here that uh, we we've uh, sarcastically dubbed the paint don't make it go special or bad paint or bad paint. Our, uh, well, how, limit, how much we want to limit our vocabulary on well, a I'm, certain day? Well, my nickname is Big Words. So. You're Big Words, so. You can guess who says what. <laughs> no, great having you guys on. Can't wait to. You guys are gonna have to come back on once your uh, season's done. Let us know uh, more about how everything's going and talk numbers and all that. And uh, maybe, uh, maybe I, I know a certain poll. Maybe we can figure out a way to get you guys to travel north a little bit and put on a show and show these guys up here what a true hot farm is. I'm sure. I'm sure we'd be interested in doing yeah. something like that. I'm game for that. Yeah, we've we've got a we've got a venue in mind for you. We'll we'll talk to you about uh, in September where we can we can slot you in. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, yeah, the uh, I guess we got we can only go. I think the only one thing we got real we got only a couple hooks in September. So I don't know. Well, we'll talk here. Uh, hang on the line with us. Uh, once again, Tri-State pull, Hot Farm Pullers on the line with us tonight. And we got one more question, though, for, for oh, each yes. of you, for Joe and Jason. Yes. we, we got to know about yes. legends and heroes. Who, who, are, who are the people that uh, made you who you are in this sport? Well, I, I would have to say in my, you know, in my eyes, it would be, it'd be my father. I mean, my dad started me out pulling antiques, you know, when I was seven, you know, seven years old messing around i've always rode around in the truck with them uh, me and jason's pulled together since we was just little kids you know and um been probably probably some of the guys in the area you know used to pull back and you know pulled farm stock and we'd ride around pulling the 
the old Dino Days farm stock classes, and uh, you know, you see after all after all of those classes, you would always see tractors like the Sneaky Steak and and all them tractors go down the track, you know, and you think, man, I really want to drive one of those. And so you know, your whole life you just work towards uh, <laughs> work towards that, you know, the old you know people like Art Arfons and you know like Ken Vini, who's already you know who's going to be on the show and. Uh, people like him make it where, you know, guys like us hope we can someday, you know, we'll never probably be the legend they are, but uh, well, be a legend in our own mind. <laughs> certainly and some good some good names there, that's for sure. And, and you know, yeah, citing your father, that's cool, man. That's good to hear. The, the, the light gets shining into those corners. I like that. All right, so we got one down, one to go. Mine, well, I'm going to kind of follow the same line, but mine wasn't dad. Mine was my uncle. Um, he's the one that kind of gave me the green light to pull our, our collector tractors. Um, I was seven years old, made my first hook on a Super H, and and ever ever after that, if I wanted to do something, he was okay with it. I mean, we kind of went from pulling show tractors to buying a Super 88 diesel um, to pull antique with, and I mean, basically whatever whatever I wanted to do, he was more than willing to let me do it. And if it worked, it was great. And if it didn't, he'd just say, hey, let's uh, let's try this this time. What do you think? You know, so um, like I said, he's probably been my biggest influence in Poland. Um, you know, I guess Sneaky Snake would have to be my, the guy that I always, I mean, back in the early 90s, I mean, when you went to a, any hook in this area, if he didn't win it, there was a reason he didn't win it. Either it was if you put the parts on the track or, some, for some odd reason, he didn't win that class. So I mean, there ain't no doubt about it. Lorenz is just was was the man that that we all grew up saying that I'm going to win them tractors one of these days. So, but. I, I do have one follow up question. This is a tech piece, and I'm going to aim this at you, Jason and Joe. If if your tractor set up this way, you can chime in as well. But I noticed it about Jason's. Talk about last question. Well, then we'll let you guys go. Talk about the difference in running on an 18.438 radial versus a bias ply. Um, well, that's, we've been talking about this. I think I'm going to go bias at a bias. Um, Joe runs a, Joe runs a bias, and, and he and he runs really good, and he holds his RPMs. Um, and I don't know if that tire is what's going to do it or not, but it's got it's got me wondering. So um, I like a radial tire for the fact that it can lay a good footprint. But I also have a trouble with bounce every now and then when, when we get them really hooked coming up out of the hole. I have a tendency to get a bounce a little bit where, where that bias don't seem to give near, near the flex that radial does. So um, as far as, you know, making a difference, I, I don't think that uh, it's going to make any difference. And that's I've told a couple of guys that didn't have a set of bias or radial tires, run them. That's just, you know, you can run whatever you want to run. But um, that's my perception on it right now if any of it's right i have no idea but that's what my that's what my head tells me most nights so i've been i've been running bias ply i started with a set of bias ply more because i had them and there was the best set of tires i had in the barn um and i, I like it like jason said i've been very very pleased with them uh, and it don't seem to matter whether it's a dry track or a wet track i that set of tires just seems to hook and I, I don't know. I've never tried a set of radials, and I got a set of radials, and I'm just so nervous to put them on because my consistency might go away from me. Yeah. Uh, and I think with the, with the speed pulling, the radial tire when we was pulling 
you know, four mile an hour farm stock back in, in the day, you could let that tire down and, and get you a little float on a soft track. And with the speed we're running, it, it don't work. As soon as you get your air pressure down to try and get a little advantage on that bias ply, you, you get to hopping coming down the track and then you, you lose everything you ever gained. So. Good input. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. And also, another thing we've been talking about for this class is going to set, going to full cut tires. Uh, we, we've been playing with the idea. We're playing with a set of tires. We're going to, you know, we, we, we want to try a set of full cuts on one some night and just see how, how it changes us or whatever. Uh, the thought would also on that would be to maybe save a little money on tires to top cut a set of tires. You got to buy such an expensive set of tires to start with. Uh, hopefully if you could go to full cuts and you can get a decent set of casings, you can get a nice double cut out of them. And, um, yeah, if you got to, if you got to throw them in somebody's tire machine anyway, you might as well be making two passes at it instead of one. That's absolutely. And, and the good thing about that is you can control your bar height and control your edge so much easier. So if you was running a little less horsepower, you know, you could run that half inch bar instead of that five eighths or that three quarter and, and get your tire speed back up to get your momentum to hit that drop at the end of the sled. Gotcha. Good stuff, guys. So with that, we thank you guys for coming on. We actually stay on the line for a minute with us as we head to a break and uh, one more guest left on the dock, and I'm kind of excited to get talking with this gentleman. So this is Sidetracked on Pulling Radio Network. Have you been injured or think you've been injured? Contact the law offices of Dewey, Screw'em, and Howe. Auto accident, medical malpractice, slip and fall, dog bite, asbestos, your boss is a jerk. Nothing worth reading in the paper, some swamp gas bent the sun's rays and erased your mind. Sit down with our friendly professional staff for a free confidential consultation and cross-examination. Seriously, how can be downright mean? Let the law offices of Dewey, Screw'em, and Howe decide who should pay and how much. It could even be you. No, it'll definitely be you. The law offices of Dewey, Screwham, and Howe. Call 888-555-1234 or online at www.sidetrackpulling.com. That's 888-555-1234 or www.sidetrackpulling.com. Dewey, Screwham, and Howe are not officially licensed attorneys and are obnoxious subsidiary of Sidetrack LLC. No guarantees implied, not available in any areas. Lots of restrictions will apply. Celebrity voice impersonated. Paid for by Ricky Bobby for Congress. All right, and we're back with Sidetrack with Armstrong Posh and a legend in pulling. Uh, still currently running, has gone the gamut from limited mods all the way now to mini mods. Mr. Ken Venny on the line with us tonight. How are you doing tonight, Ken? Oh, just great. Great yep. to have you. Go ahead. I think that the, uh, I don't really believe that I have made a legend in pulling yet. Hopefully someday, but, uh. I mean, I don't believe that myself. I think maybe I did a little better in drag racing than I've done in pulling. So well, yeah, I don't. I don't believe that I am a legend in pulling. I'm just a. I'm just one of the guys that goes out there and tries hard and uh, doesn't doesn't believe that just because you're 76 you can't have a good time. And that's what we try and do. My wife and I were just couple old fogies out there having a good time. And it shows. It's fun to watch you guys. Thank you. So, where, where do we start with Ken Venny? I mean, it's 
Well, I guess your your season's off to a pretty good start. You got three wins on the year. You're you're seven points behind those Kester boys, who are awful tough. Uh, how do you see things going with nine hooks left? Oh, I'd say it's just uh, pulling is is like drag racing, and and when you and this is my own fault that I only have one, but having one makes it a little. Uh, it makes it a little harder. You go, you know. It's like it's like going to a drag race and having no qualifying run. You're just in the final round, the first run you make, and it makes it, uh, you know, where when you have like like John Force, you know, in drag racing or Don uh, Schumacher, so you know, any team or where you have like two or three vehicles, it. Uh, Makes it a little harder, but I look at like I—I uh, I mean, I really don't know how to say that without sound. Sound. I, I don't want to sound whiny because I don't really look at it that way. I—I I really believe that if it is too hard for me to do this, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I do this because I have fun, and it—they uh, have nine pulls left. It'll take a tremendous amount of luck. Because when you have, you know, you can always use one vehicle to learn a little bit from, and then you apply that to the other vehicle, and and it makes it where, like, when you have two, you learn basically, or this is the way it was in drag racing, when you have two vehicles, you basically get, the, the way it works out, it's about the same as uh, four, because of what you learn and what you apply to other one and what it did to it and how it helps you, you can really gain a lot. And uh, I think the only reason that I did good in the beginning is uh, I just happened to have my act together and I had a, a bunch of new things I wanted to try and uh, and they all worked pretty good. And so I was able to uh, I was able to uh, do good in. Uh, now I think that maybe I had a little, maybe I was a little bit ahead of the other guys at the beginning of the year, but now there's some that are pretty, uh, like like the Kesters, they're doing really, they're doing extremely well, and one of their darn vehicles is going to beat me all the time because they, when you get three of them, there's one of them probably going to do good, and uh, but anyway still fun and I have a good time and you know when you do something and you get excited doing it you must still like to do it that's and, absolutely and I, true I look forward to each pull and still go and try and do my best even though I'm getting a little older you, you know you keep hitting on something there just go have fun and, you know, we're starting to see it really at the state level where we're at with thumb tractor pullers, where a lot of people are starting to get sort of greedy money-wise with it. We're starting to be, well, I've got to beat this guy, and are losing sight of that fun. And, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're pulling lawnmowers all the way up to mini rods or, you know, any form of pulling. you got to have the fun left in it, you know. If you're not having fun, you might as well get out. Because nobody's going to get rich pulling. That's right. I mean, 
I have said that exact thing that you just said many times. We, you have to do this, and you, and you have to have fun doing it, or it's pretty silly. You know, people say, why do you, why do, you do tractor pulling? Why on earth do you do that after you've driven funny cars and fuel funny cars and alcohol drags or you've done all those? Why do you do this? And I say, because I don't know how to play golf. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Golf isn't that much fun anyways. I've tried it once. It, pulling's well, a lot more fun, a lot easier. <laughs> I don't know. It was kind of fun flipping the golf cart. Golf. How, old, how old was my mom when she quit playing? Was she in her 70s? My mom was in her 70s, still playing golf, and, and my dad quit a lot younger than that, but here I am. I never had anything to do with golf. I just, and I didn't really have anything to do with, with sports. My dad played football and, and uh, basketball. My mom played basketball. They were all heavily into sports, and the only thing I ever did was race cars. It's like, that. it just never... Just never seemed to be my thing. I just, from the time I was just a little kid, it was just cars. If it wasn't a car, it was a tractor. And if it wasn't a tractor, it was a truck. I had to, like my wife says, if it doesn't have wheels, I have no interest whatsoever. We're you know, preaching to the choir here. Pardon? You're preaching to the choir here. Oh, that. I mean, that's been my whole life. I just had... Like a, a friend of mine that that I went to school with, he comes and he's retired and typical seventy six year old person sits around watches TV a lot and you know they think it's pretty unusual that I keep, I keep going at it in there with all these young fellows and 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 uh, he goes well what do you what do you think you know after all these years and I said you know I never gave it a thought that. When I, when I had a spot in my dad's garage that had cinders on the floor, you know, next to the barn, that, uh, you know, someday things would be like, you know, I'd go out there and compete with the best in drag racing or pulling, and, and I may not be better than them, but I'm very competitive with the better guys, and... Uh, uh, I mean, I'd have never dreamt that as a young kid, and I'm sure that when I was 15 years old and fiddling around with, or 13 with my first mod, Life Ford, you know, my dad thought I was a little crazy, but uh, it, it took a long time. But, you know, one day, even my dad, who thought I was crazy, you know, became proud of his kid out there kicking some butt with them funny cars, and it just, you just keep at it, and like after many, I think I don't even want to say how many races that we won in a row. When I got beat, and my boy was just a little kid, I mean he cried big time because he thought that his dad couldn't be beat. You know, it's just we go to the races. Race the car, win, come home, and that was it. He thought that's how it was. And when I got whipped up on, and he's got little tears in his eyes, I told him, Todd, the thing that I just did was the best that I could do on that day. 
and it just wasn't good enough. And you can't you can't win every race. You can be good or you can be lucky or things like that, but you can't win every dang time. For and sure. that's really, you, you know, that's really the thing about the mini in comparison to the modified or some of the other things that I've done. You know, when you do pretty good at it, you can keep doing pretty good at it. But the, the little mini, the little mini just, uh, some, and I've said this before, you know, Sometimes you're in charge of that little mini, and sometimes it's in charge of you. And I see the best pullers there are go out there and get all goofed up. And, and uh, you know, maybe I get goofed up more than they do because I know for a fact that I'm not as good as, as some of the pullers, you know, that I pull against. But uh, we all get goofed up doing it. And the, the little minis are definitely... Uh, Definitely a handful. I mean, they're they're uh, they're not always predictable. You know, about the time you think you've got things under control, then uh, you go out and get you know the little guy beats up on you, shows you that it's still uh, it can still be in charge sometimes. How, okay, how much now, of how much of that is stuff you need to? Uh, I'm probably talking about things that people don't care to hear, so you asked me some questions. No, you're, no, you're, you're doing, doing great, great. Ken. Don't worry about that. What I was going to ask you was how much how much of the fun for you is the creative side? You're one of those guys who thinks about things and tries new things out and trying to master that beast. How much of the fun is, is derived for you from from trying new things out and, and trying to advance the, advance the game? Well, that's always been... That's always been through my whole racing career and pulling. It, it, that has always been as important as uh, driving. I'll, I'll say this right now: if I did, you know, if I didn't drive right now, I'd quit because I like to drive the thing. I like the challenge, but I also like the challenge of trying new things. And I mean, I I look at like when I pulled the modified, it. Uh, like, we go out, and whatever we do, that's as good as it was going to be because it seemed like I had thought things out, and I would just go and start, uh, I'd just start off pretty good with it, and I, I wouldn't improve on it that much because to improve on it, to, to try and do something with the engine, you really have to do it with four of them. And I did, and I didn't want to work on all four of them. It was too much. So with uh, with the little mini, uh, you know, I'm not afraid to. I, I change more things. I try more things with the little mini. One reason because it's really a tough class, but so was modified and and unlimited. They were very tough classes too. But it's not so it's not so difficult to. Uh, to try things with a little mini when you've got one engine and uh it's pretty hard for me to it's pretty hard for me to uh work on the thing sitting down on the ground because it's hard for me to bend over and all that but i have a chassis table from when i used to build my own uh, funny cars and things like that i've got a chassis table and when i get back from a pull i take the forklift lift it up and set it on this table very and nice. Then, 
it makes it uh, it makes it where I can work on it really easy. And I didn't even even though I built the modifieds and unlimiteds I had this tractor, I didn't build the you know I didn't build the basic tractor. I had advanced chassis build it because you know I just looked at it like how do you build something better than someone else when you've never done it? So I bought a you know just a a competitive chassis and then finished it. So I didn't I didn't want to say it like I built this because I didn't really build this chassis. They kind of built it the way I wanted certain things, but uh, they did build the basic chassis for me. And uh, but anyway, I put the chassis up on the table and I work on it. And if I want to try another camshaft, I put another cam in it. If I want to try different things, I do it. You know, like it. Like it was through my whole drag racing career, I was always, I was always doing something different, and that doesn't in racing or pulling, that doesn't make you a winner. That uh, sometimes you learn things by doing different things that help the performance, but not everything you do is better, and you know. But it was just. That was the only way that I could keep racing all those years is I, I had to be trying things. And and when you try things, well, like I just said, you, you don't always do as good. But uh, to me, that's what you got to do. You know, for me, I just have to keep trying stuff all the time. And when I quit trying, then I'm going to quit doing it. But I did, like, I mean, I took my funny car out one day. And, you know, went to a track where we were going to race that evening. This is called match racing. This is when you used to get paid so much to go and, right, and yeah. race cars. Well, where I was going to race, I had made seven different intake manifolds and had it all ready to change it and made six runs with these different manifolds on. You know, I make a run, come back, change a manifold, make a run, come back. And, uh, but that's, you know, that's how I like to to do things, you know, and then, you know, just trying stuff all the time. And in drag racing, it was just, excuse me, I got the hiccup. But in drag racing, it was changing things constantly. In the pulling, it's a little harder to tell when you've made uh, an important gain, because in drag racing, you get an ET slip, and you do something, and you go 550 ET, 5.50, and you make a change, and you go 5.47, then uh, you know that, uh, you know, providing the conditions are the same, and you've made cha- you know, tune-up changes for the same, you just went 300 quicker, that thing, that may be something to work with, you know, like keep trying it where in pulling you could make that same change and not know if you did anything you know it's like there'll be there'll be guys that'll call me on the phone and they'll say well how about if i run if if i run this thing like you do I'm, you know what will that do and i'll say you know what that might make you go three quarters of an inch further <laughs> but if you cut your, you cut your tires right and you weight your tractor right, you may go three foot further. You know, that's still the dirt and how you do the tires is 
still the most important thing. Pardon? No, I got no, you. No, you're fine. You go ahead. Oh, okay. But anyway, you're breaking up. Yeah, we are a little bit. I don't know if that's on our end, but it probably is. But anyhow, uh, with the creativity piece, that actually is what prompted me to reach out to you in the first place, was the new header design that you came up with for for the funny little farm wall. God, has that stirred some discussion up up here? It was all over social media, people going, what in the world is Ken trying there? And we heard everything from trying to make the headers more rigid due to cracking to just throwing the weight of the header itself further forward to down pressure to trying to capture the third pulse wave just like a long tube header. What in the world's the reason for that one? Well, you could take the first three things and pretty well have it covered. In in other words, in like if you look back through all the my first racing, uh, all the different I had a whole bunch of cars and and they if you look at them you can see different headers and different things that I did, and so I haven't really done anything with headers to speak of, but the, the things that you were talking about and I forget what all you said but. But I did it to get the weight of the header further forward, yes. Uh, I did it to mainly to try and put more downforce on the front of the tractor. And I laid under my tractor at, uh, what the hell, what's the name of that place? Uh, Sandusky. Last year, I laid under my tractor trying to get the front end back under because it was all smashed, all torn up, and I had my, on that run, I had my tractor set up where it should have carried the front end a couple feet in the air and just booked it to the other end. But I I had a header tube come off, and that pushed air down and did away with one tube with it going up, you know, shooting up in the air, and I laid underneath that thing, and I said... Next year, I will have headers to try and help the downforce on the front of my car. The, the guys in in uh, funny cars right now, Double uh, A fuel funny cars, they're trying to uh, they're, they're playing with this a lot. They sure are, and, in, and NHRA has actually and, put the brakes on how much they're going to do now. That's right. Now, like we did that with. We, like I said, we did that 19, I got really good pictures of my car in 1974, what, what it was carrying on doing when I had the laid back headers on it versus what it was doing when I had them standing up. Then, you know, from then on, you know, like I always had them laid back some. And then we, we did this, we did this to a, a good customer of mine we did it to his alcohol dragster at about the same time which it didn't affect holding the front that front end down it didn't help him that much there but it but it, with them laid back it, it, uh, he was able to run more speed and then uh, in like 1998 it would have been like 1998 I tried some laid-back headers on Gwen's Pop Field Dragster when I was crew chief on that car, and we couldn't really keep the car hooked up good leaving the starting line. 
and couldn't determine if it was if it was more a fairly aggressive tune-up I was using at the time or the headers. But it seemed like the headers weren't giving that top fuel car enough downforce, you know, by having them laid back. Right. And, but anyway, that fuel car, it, it's a lot more, that fuel car has a lot more pressure coming out of it than the alcohol car I ever dreamt of. Do you know in, really in my, what the difference is between a nitro and an alcohol motor, how much pressure they're they're putting out? How I don't know how much there is. I know it's a lot, it's all I know. I mean I know what it does to the car going down the track and it's uh uh quite a bit. I mean you figure like a good alcohol motor's got three thousand horsepower, <clears throat> divide that by eight, and a top fuel car right now has basically about eleven thousand horsepower, and you divide that by eight. That's a that's a pretty big difference. Well, to get that horsepower, you have to burn the nitro, which is turned into oxygen, and or which turns into oxygen, and all that air pressure, all that force that's coming out of that pipe, is. I mean, there's no comparison between the alcohol motor and the nitro motor. No. And do I think my headers helping any? I don't really think that my header is helping much, but I think it, uh, uh, I like the looks of it, and I'm going to leave them on, and whether it works better or not, I'm not really sure, but I'm not taking them off. There you go. <laughs> so how's that? That, that works. Uh, and that, that's as honest answer as I can give you. That works. Something that's also been a topic conversation within the mini rod ranks here, especially this year, we've heard heard stories about this. Talk about rear tires. It seems like we've been hearing stories of guys only getting one or two passes of life out of a set of tires. Is that true, or is your experience different? Well, I'll tell you what. This year, my tire life is absolutely terrible. And the thing that is absolutely terrible about it is the tread just comes unhooked from uh, the cord. And, and that is the only problem that I have. The tires actually, my tires actually aren't wearing that bad. They're just coming apart. Like I just, that was a project, you know, that's what I was working on today. I had to change tires. I took off, I took off tires that had exactly five runs on them. And there was just chunks, like three inches in diameter, ripped right off of that tire. Hmm. You know, what can you do? you got to throw the dang tire away. Yeah, I wonder if there was a bad batch that got out there somehow. That's what, sir? Yeah, I wonder if there's a bad batch of tires that got out. Well, I don't know. I bought these tires at the, uh, mm, let's see, maybe the end of the year, right along in there, the beginning of this year, and I bought three sets, and uh, this was going to be... When I bought them, I said, these three sets should last me as long as I'm pulling. And you know what? I just put the third set, no, I just put the second set on. The first ones I hurt were left from a year ago. But I've hurt more tires this year than than I have in the other previous three years. You know, I actually wore them down, cut, you know, re- recut them so often they win the cords well these won't even get close they just keep coming apart now that 
that tire coming apart on a top fuel dragster, which has 330 mile an hour speed, that'll, you know, that can kill the driver. For sure. You know, but, uh, and it has, not can, it has done it. And we totally destroyed cars from the vibration of that rubber coming off. Well, when these, when these come off, that the, the 100 mile an hour speed or whatever these little tires are going, and as thin as that rubber is, it really don't, it isn't like it's going to hurt someone. It just really makes you mad as the guy that puts a ticket for it. Right. You know, it's like the dirty shame. They're, they're really, I mean, for me, I'm really having trouble with tires in it. And, uh, you know, it takes, a, it takes a lot of fun out of it. But it's still enough fun that I put up with it. There you go. You know, Ken, one thing I got to ask you is, you know, you had a long, long legacy in drag racing. What actually made you make the move from drag racing to tractor pulling? I mean, I remember being a young kid out there watching you pulling the funny farm all, you know, three three stair step engine, you know, with the little farm all grill on the front. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world because... Well, I'm a red guy, so that always worked. But what made you make that transition from drag racing over to pulling? Well, let's see. I grew up on a farm, and I always liked tractors. And I probably, com- I was, the first thing I ever competed in was, it had to do with tractors. And I was about 13 years old in a, in a backing up contest, backing a wagon up back between straw bales. So I actually competed with a tractor before I did a car, and I was—I always raced the car, but just did it as fun. We'll put it that way. I loved to build them, and I used to build my own cars and just race them at the local races. And in 1970s, when I started running these uh, unsupercharged, you know, like funny cars were just a new thing, kind of like right about then. And uh, I just loved it. I had a great time. And, and uh, but, but what happened is I spent, uh, I, I went from, I'll put it this way, I went from making enough money racing a car that when the state of California took my property for for my old Goodyear tire store when they took that property it was like hey we got probably the baddest funny car in the country let's go race for a little bit so my wife my wife and I and and our kids came back east in 1975 because that most of the racing was on the east coast and we just wound up staying my wife liked it and we sold our house and uh you know, I kept racing, and I used to be able to, I could build a new car and race it all year, sell the old one for good money, and live through the winter, and then race all summer again. And then after a while, in the late 70s, it got to a point where you couldn't, it, it, you, couldn't you couldn't make enough money racing that supercharged alcohol car to live off of. So, but that was when I I invented that billet head thing, you know, and made my own heads and then started selling them. So that, that went along for a while. 
And then I had kids, and, you know, by then I was getting kids in college, a house payment, a shop payment, and I decided I got to quit racing. I can't afford this. You know, and I'd, I raced a fuel funny car for a year and a half and set the national record with a thing did as good as you could do. And, uh, I mean, I didn't win a championship, but I made, you know, I ran really fast. And so anyway, I just kind of got out of racing and money-wise, I'll put it that way. I couldn't afford to do it. And then I started being a crew chief. And then I was making decent, really good money, actually, tuning race cars. And I did that, and then I, I don't think I ever even mentioned this to my wife, but I just, you know, the other night I was talking to my son who lives in Indianapolis, and I said to him, we were talking about him, whether he was going to race anymore or not. And I said, you know, I had good friends. A few, I'll put it this way, a few good friends that were kind of like me. They ran out of money, and they quit racing, and they had done real well when they were racing, and they got back into it after 10 years or so, made it, made some money and got back into it and drove them damn race cars and went out and killed themselves. And I said, you know, I think I always had that in the back of my mind. Once you get out of that dang thing, stay out of it. You know, and I was kind of promoting this a little bit to my son. But, you know, I kept thinking about while I was talking, and I really think that had played a big part in me not racing again. And anyway, I just, you know, I went dirt racing. I raced late models in the, in the dirt for a little bit. And my wife hated it because... I was coming home with a thing, front end torn off of it, and we were always dirtier than heck because dirt racing creates a lot of dust, and she hated that, and she just didn't like me racing late model stock cars. And I was, uh, <laughs> and I was getting crashed into. I run in the best, you know, the fastest class there was then, and, you know, the thing was always getting beat up, and she couldn't stand it because we're out there crashing and and she was used to drag racing. You crash in your drag racing car a lot of times in those days, 70s, and uh, you got hurt. But anyway, then I always said uh, a friend of mine in 1976 took me to a tractor pull, and he wasn't a tractor puller. He worked for Mr. Gasket, you know, a, a sponsor. And he, you know, he was telling me about going to the tractor pulls. He said, you got to do this. You're an old farm boy. You know, you need to go. And so I went to a tractor pull in 1976 when I was still racing. And I thought, you know, that looks like that'd be, that looks like that'd be something fun to do. And so then along come 1994. And I thought, well, I had a customer, Brian Knox, who, who bought a lot of bought a lot of parts from us. He goes, you know, maybe you should have a mini. Then you could, uh, you know, it just has one engine, and you could go and try and run good and all that. And so I did. I had a mini in 1994, chassis built by Roger Weissong, and. Uh, 
I crashed it the first time, knocked the front end off of it. The first time I ever went down the track, which was in Toma, and then, but they only had seven pulls that year, and I thought this is kind of a waste. You know, I want to do more than that. So I sold that little mini, and uh, I bought a, a someone else's modified and put. You know, it was a one-engine tractor, and I put a Hemi on it. And I kind of had fun because it was, uh, you know, I looked at it like there was 58 pulls in the state of Ohio. 58 times we could have pulled that thing in the state of Ohio. So a couple of the guys that work at my shop and I, we just went, we pulled that for a year. And that wasn't enough fun. We decided, yeah, we need a two or a three motor tractor. And uh, so... Anyway, I started building that thing, and then the, the Chrysler Corporation, they had this top-field dragster, and uh, a friend of ours, Mike Dunn, was driving, and Daryl Gwynn was actually the owner of it, and these guys talked me into helping them out. They were really doing bad, and so I helped them a little bit, and then, you know, the thing ran really good and they got me to stay the rest of the year and then I stayed clear into the year two you know 1999 was the last year I was there from 96 through 99 and that old uh, modified I was building you know I had the chassis just about done it was just sitting there so then at the end of 99 I was 60 years old and I said mine drag racing no more I'm done with that you know I'm I'm going to put that modified together, and this will be something we can just do and have a good time. And But then I, partway through 2000, I, I went to work for the Yankees and, and tuned their car for a year and a half. And then I just decided, boy, I've done that so long, I really don't care to do it anymore. It's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty aggravating and you can go like I was away from home half of the year between flying to the race getting organized and racing and leaving and flying home I was gone half the year and I decided that was it but uh, we, we were pulling that modified in Ohio once in a while in a three motor class and then I just decided shoot I want to I want to have fun. I'm getting old, and, and yeah, tuning that car is a lot of money, but I'm getting old. I want to have fun. There you go. And I I just went to uh, pulling that modified, and we we just pulled in the state of Ohio. And then uh, I'll tell you a little something. Some people think this is kind of cute, but I, I pulled in the state of Ohio, and in those days, Jim Miller prepared all the tracks, and Ohio has clay and the kind of dirt sticks together. And my little three-motor tractor, after a while, I actually thought I knew what I was doing. I thought, holy cow, I'm pretty good at this. And then we went off and we pulled another, or we pulled a little bit of American hot rod or American tractor pulling, and we pulled... NTPA, national event stuff, and I got on some of those tracks in some of these different states, and I realized I wasn't worth a dang. 
You know, I was the, the only reason I was good is I was used to pulling the same sled on the same kind of tracks all the time, and and then it really became a challenge. You know, trying to compete with these guys from all over the country. It was back to like, anyway, it was a, it was uh, kind of fun, and I mean, it wasn't kind of fun. We really had a good time, and you know, my wife. You know, she was never a farmer, but she loves this whole thing. She has a, she has as good a time as I do, and you know, she supported me a hundred percent in the in the drag racing and then in the tractor pulling, and we just had a good time. And then, kind of got tired of doing that and just started running NTPA national pulls, and uh, then I did that four motor thing, run that for a while, and then. I did some uh, PPL, which I have. I really think they have a good organization, just like the NTPA. I don't think that. I mean, they're both different, but I think they both have their advantages. But anyway, I pulled that, and then I decided, you know, I need to run an unlimited. I've never done that, and NTPA had an unlimited. So we pulled that for one year. All we did was pull NTPA. What year was that we did that? 2012? Yeah, 2012, we just pulled NTPA Unlimited. And then uh, it was taking too much time. You know, like I would get back from a pull, and and I tried to do all this stuff myself, but I had... uh, you know, guys at the shop, they would be paying attention to the tractor and not enough attention to, you know, sometimes they'd want to work on the tractor and not the dang shop work, and that's not how it was supposed to be. Right. So I just said, that's it for Unlimited. I'm going to run a Mini, and it's just going to be my wife and I. We're going to pull this Mini, and I'm going to do all the, you know, it's not going to be an organization of some of the fellows that work we're just going to do this, my wife and I. We're going to go and and have fun. And uh, if we want to stay at if if we want to stay at Doug, Lively, Doug Lively's for a week, we do that. You know, we go out, and we pull out around there and just stay with them. Great people. Or the the Roses. We've stayed at Ricky Roses before. You know, just with have our motor home there and you know just hang out with those people. And you know, I don't have to get back. I can stay out on the road like that, and it uh, that really, really helped make it a lot more fun. That's the important part. It, the, it, oh yeah, we keep oh, coming, yeah. we coming, coming that's back to that. So that's that's you know, it's good that you've kept your perspective through through all that you've done and and your career and success in racing. That you've always stayed grounded that way. I can tell that from what you've said. So it's that's inspirational for us. Well, I think that there's. Uh, you know, I hate to say this because this sounds this is not going to sound right, but I think that there's there's some people that they look at their life a little bit different just because there's these two old fogies out there doing something that's kind of a younger person's thing. You know, I mean, at least they come around and say that they people say you know it's quite an inspiration to see two people you know, in their mid-70s, out there having a good time doing something like that, it proves that you don't need to sit in a rock and chair when you get to be that old. There is, you can, 
you can still exist without, you know, I mean, I got nine things wrong with me, you know, but I don't care. I keep going. I just keep doing it and try and overlook the things that are wrong with me and do what I can do the best I can do it. You know, I'm not going to sit home and, you know, complain about each one of these things that's wrong with me. Why does it have to be me? I just, you know, I, I try and keep going, and my wife has a ton of enthusiasm. So, you know, like she's sitting here right now. It's uh, 9.30 or whatever it is. She's sitting here doing paperwork, and she's worked outside all day. And, uh, you know, she's got plenty of energy, and, you know, she helps keep me going. And anyway, I think that just because you get to be 75 or 6 years old doesn't mean you need to Sit back in the rocking chair. I think you need to keep going. I got you. Well, I don't, for, I don't know, Drew, if you've got anything else. I don't. Um, I want to let you get to get to Rona, and you guys have a good, have a, enjoy your evening. You Drew, know Drew you got anything? You know what? I just got to tell you, Ken, it's it's an honor to have you on. I know you're a very humble guy. And you know what? That's something we've really come to notice is for the fans that are listening out there, don't be afraid to talk to these guys, these pullers out there. They are just people, and... You know what? You and your wife, you are a great example of not only what you can do in the golden years of life, but how to just go have fun with pulling. Because she's out there, she's cheering you on, you know, used to run down the track, you know, cheer you on. You know, that's what made it fun. And the fans love it. And you guys put on a great show. And it's keep doing what you're doing. I, I hope to see you for many more years to come out there on the track. Don't forget what I said the last time you told me. It's an honor to talk to me. You remember? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll have to make sure I look you up when I'm down in uh, Bowling Green here in a couple weeks then. So. That's not one of my better deals. Bowling Green, I either win or I do absolutely terrible. And I usually do absolutely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, everybody's got their track like that, so. so somebody's got their Achilles wife, heel. How many times did I win? In 2005 or 2008. In 12. Or, anyway, <laughs> anyway, my wife says, no, you've done good there. So, anyway. So, it's like she's got I, the whole, uh, she's the best crew chief you've ever had. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you what. She could still run down the track. It's just that she decided that. A 70-year-old grandmother shouldn't do that. So you know quit. what? Age is just a number. Tell her on behalf of the sidetrack crew, keep running. If you enjoy it, just keep doing it. Okay. So, okay. thank you, Ken. We'll let you have your night back. Someone. <laughs> well, we'll thank let you. you have your night back, sir. Thank you for coming on with us tonight, and look forward to uh, talking to you in the future. Okay. See ya. Thanks, Ken. Bye. Wow, I... Yeah. And with that, we're going to take a break. Yeah, this is uh, Sidetracked on Pulling Radio Network. Have you ever been waiting in the staging lanes to pull and had that rumbling in your stomach? Find you parked too far from the port of johns in the pits? Going down the road and can't quite make it? Well, thanks to Pedal to Metal... 
it's no longer an issue. Our newest design for pullers from Pedal to the Metal, the new Portastool slash Pulling Hitch Combo, will be there for you. Made a 2-inch solid stock, easily the strongest, most sturdy Portastool on the market. Able to handle them huge behinds. Fully adjustable with over 18 inches of adjustment in half-inch increments just by removing two pins. Makes hitch height changes quick and easy, allowing you to change height for class or for the most comfort for personal use. Seat and hitches are available in whatever color you desire, so you can customize to your vehicle. Just another way, Pedal of the Metal is making pulling life easier. And we're back with Sidetracked with Armstead and Posh. God, we've had some great guests tonight. Oh, my God. What a show. This is a clickbait show here. I feel exhausted, but I think that has to do to being working a 12-hour shift out in the heat and then having to deal with the anticipation of the Venny boys and our tri-state pullers, Ken Venny coming on and the tri-state pulling boys coming on. That was a good show. Thanks to Joe Rose and Jason Elston and and Ken Venny for carving time out of their evening and spending it with us tonight. Really appreciate it. And Rona. And Rona. Yeah, Rona was there. And uh, we, we, we want to talk to her. That's going to be a that'll be a future <laughs> interview, I think. Uh, I love listening to her just pipe in here and there. Correct. No. Hey, she is the boss. She keeps she keeps Ken straight. I mean. And you know what? I, I struggle to remember what I did last week. No, she remembers the dates and what went on and what year and Ken God bless them. God bless them. Awesome, awesome couple and relationship goals. I mean, right there. That is, yeah, cool. They're not two seventy-six-year-olds out there playing. Very no, they're two eighteen-year-olds out there playing still and just having fun with life. Age is just a number. Absolutely, they just go and prove that week in week out. And uh, Joe, Joe and Jason uh, having a hell of a good time there in Tri-State and, and promoting Pro Farm Pulling and, and bridging a gap there. They're, they're fulfilling a need, so good for those guys and happy to have them. We're going to try and link yeah, up. Yeah, I love like learning and, something from them. Yeah, we'll try and link up with those guys and, and talk to them. They'll be they'll be on the show again in the future. You'll hear from them more. Oh, everybody on here has a repeat guest. Actually, I'm surprised we have no in-studio audience tonight. Drew, Drew and Mike rules. Every, every guest that we have had a, had a great time. Yep. Even if they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, Mr. Meyer, you have anything to chip in? You look like you're ready to fall asleep. Oh, you know. <laughs> it's a long day. <laughs> the only thing that's going to keep me awake on the ride home is the fact that i got to shift that truck myself. <laughs> Thank God for six speeds. Oh, I think I'm going to go get me some taco hell. And oh, God. I regret it in the morning, but... Go to, you mean at 4 a.m.? Go to Checkers, for Christ's sake. I've never eaten at Checkers. Oh, it's so much better. The burgers are phenomenal. I don't want a burger today, though. Mm. It's not quite in and out burger, but we don't live on the West Coast, so... I don't want a burger. I'm going to think outside the bun. Yeah. <laughs> Have fun with that wax paper wrapped piece of death that's going to make you spend the whole night on the toilet. Hey, everybody needs a good clean out every now and then. The Lord yeah. knows I'm full of it anyway, so what's the difference? You won't be after you eat there. <laughs> well, thank God I've got a whole week to recuperate. 
Actually, more than a week. Two weeks. No, you don't, because I'm not riding to New York in a car with you if you've eaten that. <laughs> get it out of your system now. Two weeks before they get to hear our voices again. It's the heat of the season, guys. And We're going to try to bring you next week on Wednesday night. We're going to try to bring you the uh, the Wayne County Fair poll for Thumb Tractor Building Association live. Stay tuned to us on Sidetrack with Armstead and Post yeah. on Facebook for more on that. And you know what? One poll we got to bring up again is uh, you want a cool poll and you're in the state of Michigan. And make sure you get yourselves up to the Sanilac County 4-H Fair this year for, in Sandusky. Yes. We're going two tracks, and it's going to be an awesome time. So uh, make sure you come check it out. It's going to be something Charles and I have kind of got to be an old hand at as far as handling dual tracks. But it's going to be an interesting it. having the horsepower and uh, not so much us feeding off of each other as much as us handling Two separate announcing jobs in one. Yeah. Monday, August 22nd, I believe a 7 p.m. start there at the uh, Santa Ana County 4-H Fair. Two tracks for Thumb Tractor Pulling Association. First time ever for them. Yep. So with that, my name's Armstead. My name is Posh. Excuse me. My name is Meyer. There Beer. you go. We had a theater thing about it. And uh, have a good night. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, yeah, though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. Get out my trailer. I want you out. <laughs>